I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Ordinary Black Professionals. I'm Nicole. And I'm Stefan. And this week we're talking about speaking up for yourself and advocating for yourself in the workplace. So the question is, Nicole, were you silent or were you silenced? Definitely the latter. (laughs) (laughs) Thought we'd play a bit of homage to... (laughs) The Queen of Oprah mm-hmm. and her legendary question that she asked Meghan Markle last week. Yeah, so I think the topic of speaking up for yourself and being silent or silenced in the workplace is relevant for this week. So let's jump straight into that. Let's jump straight in. So the first talking point that we've got is don't let people take credit for your work. Has this happened to you before? Oh, I mean... When has it not happened? I mean, when has it not happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did this uh, piece of work. It took me two weeks to do this piece of work. And I wrote this long-ass report. And a manager comes along. And I, I give them the report to the manager. I say, add your parts to the star. Add your sections in there. And then and then we'll send it to the customer. And he's what he does is take the report, put his name at the top, and submit it to the customer. My name is nowhere to be seen. He doesn't even add any of his own sections in there. It's just all my writing in there. So I cross-check it against what I wrote and mm. what was in there. And I'm like, so you're doing, wow. So you're doing a control find version yeah, history, trying to exactly. work out what the differences are. And You've got it up on two screens. He, he doesn't even <laughs> proofread it. He just literally put his name at the top. I'm like, whoa. No, 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 no. I kicked off a fuss. I kicked off a fuss. I, I actually drafted this long email that I was going to send directly to him, cussing him out for doing that. And then my my direct manager mm. said to me, whatever you do, do not send that email. We'll take care of this internally and blah, 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 blah. Mm. And um, Kind of like the firm. I mean, what the firm exactly. Has said. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know the, what the funny like thing the is? the firm statement, we'll take care of this internally, private, behind closed doors. It, and you know what the funny thing is? I thought he was protecting me. <laughs> right? But I heard nothing back ever. Like, I don't even know if that guy was disciplined for what he did. Mm. 
till this day. But do you, but don't you think that happens quite often? That, no, that, it, it that, does. That your voice is silenced mm. and another's kind of is advocated because they're more senior than you, they've got more influence, whatever it is. Yeah. And also different types of organisations will do that because when they're presenting a deck or something, it's just the senior person as a, and the client because that's just how it is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In that moment, I felt like I was silenced. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I never told the guy that I knew that he did that. Mm. I never got any feedback to hear that he was told off for it or anything. Yeah. Or even the customer knew that that was my report. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, to this day, I don't even know. I just had to let it go. Yeah. So I've got another example as well. A friend told then, me. Just talking about the letting it go. I'm just, yeah. I'm just since we're going to be pulling in different cultural references in this episode, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about what Michelle Obama says. When, when they, they go, go low. High, oh, they go low. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to write now. Because <laughs> you say it. <laughs> when they go low, we go high. Right. Well, I mean, I'll try my best, Michelle. I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try my best. Um, yeah, so I've, I've got a friend who he did the same kind of thing. He worked for like two weeks or so on his report. His report was about um, robotic process automation. And he did all the work on the report. It was detailed information about like best ways to, to do robotic process automation and at the end of it they said right the only name because this report is going to be published mm. like publicly to other companies and as the face of the company right and at the end of the report they said okay the only name that goes on this report is the director's name but the director doesn't know anything about robotic process automation he didn't write on write this report not a single word of it and he's got nothing to do with it mm. but his name goes on the report and my friend said he had to fight to get his name in like small print just at the bottom of the report. The director's name big at the top, his name small, small, small print. Interesting. And I was like, wow. Okay. These are situations of people taking credit for your work. Yeah. But I feel like in my situation, I'm not sure what much different I could have done to avoid that happening. But that's what I was going to say. What can people do to stop that? And to be honest with you, I don't even know. I think it is just. I think it's it's part of the business, isn't it? But if if there is the opportunity for you to avoid it, then do attempt to avoid it. Like, um, stand up for yourself. Stand up for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a common theme of this episode. Stand up for yourself. And and that's what my friend did. He stood up for himself. He said, I wrote this whole report and my name's nowhere on mm. nowhere to be seen. And he stood up for himself. He's got his name in small print. It's on there, at least. So if he wanted to go to an employer and say, Look, I've done this work, published a public report on this, you can see it right there. His name's on it. Yeah. So at least he's got some recognition. And that is a little bit a little bit of um, crumbs that will help for your CV, you know? A little bit of extras. Yeah. If your name's nowhere on it, then you can't claim it. Yeah. Agreed. Agree. All right. Um, Next one. Take charge of your career direction before your manager does it for you. I like this one because sometimes when you come in like uh, new, fresh into the business, 
your career direction can take the, the direction of whatever the team is doing at the time or mm. whatever the manager is doing, right? And if you don't push for exactly what you want to achieve in your career, your manager will just take you down the the, the lane of whatever work that they're attempting to achieve, mm. right? Even if that is boring work, work that doesn't align with your skills, work that you know, doesn't align with your interests, it it will align with the project goals mm. and that's what you're going to learn and that's what you're going to get experienced in. And at the end of the day, when you've done all that work and you've achieved the project goals, what do you have to show? You've got itty bitty pieces of work on your CV. None of it links together. There, there's no cohesive understanding, no cohesive story. Well, it's funny you to say that because as you're saying that right now, I'm just thinking of something that a friend said to me quite recently and it's to be really selfish of your career. Mm. To make sure that you are not silenced and that if you choose not to speak up, it's because you've intentionally kept silent. Do you mm. know what I mean? And and I think by doing that, by, by able to distinguish differences, you are either selfish with your career and you make intentional decisions and you don't get swept up by the, by the wind by whatever manager or project that you're with, that you're in at the time. And you actually... I don't know, think about the bigger picture of your career, which is easier said than done, but it, it will help to create a stronger CV so it's not just bitty, bitty, bitty across yeah across lots of different random stuff. And also to think about, like, will somebody want me outside of this particular company? That's true. Are your skills uh, cohesive enough for you to be able to put it together and say, right, on my CV I've got all this, I can apply to exactly job and if and if for example like you're you're currently in a company and you're getting paid let's say 50k if you were to leave can you demand the same salary if not more when you left Mm. like are your skills actually wanted on the market Mm. because what you don't want is that you're building up all these skills that this company that you work for really values but that's about it no one else values it on the market and now you find yourself in a position with these dead skills and you're stuck Mm. Like, no one wants to be stuck. You always want to have some kind of option. That's true. I think I mentioned on one of our recent episodes about contracting. Yeah. That um, I was in this company. And one of the reasons I decided to leave was also because the skills and the things that they were doing were just not going to align with my future vision of what Mm. I wanted to do. Um, They were working on really old school technologies. And it just didn't align with the, the market. So if I tried to leave the market would have moved on and I wouldn't be ready for it. Yeah. So I needed to move into a position where I was going to be ready for that. So, yeah. Uh, so I left that one. I went somewhere else where that was the case. Um, I think another time as well, because I think this is a good example of not being silent, um, is when uh, I was very early on in my career and I was doing work and I was trying to, you know, when you're trying to, you're very early and you're trying to figure out what you actually want to do. Yeah. Um, you don't know. You've come out of uni. You're working on all this stuff. And then you're just trying to keep your your eyes and ears open to see where is my career? What direction is my career actually going to take? And um, I felt like I wasn't 100% sure, but I felt like I figured it out at that point in time. And um, just because of the type of work I was doing, 
I sent an email to my manager and my career coach and I told them, look, I know I'm working on this stuff right now, but this is the kind of direction I see my career in going. And I see these skills, these technologies over here are the ways that I'm going to achieve that. So this is the stuff that I want to be working on. And I listed out lots of stuff, right? And I said, um, I want to be working working on projects that are doing these things. Mm. I sent them a long email explaining that. Mm. Um, and that was me attempting to take charge of my career direction. Um, the funny thing is I never got a response from them, but they did acknowledge it, um, I guess, privately, because I think what it was is that I was working on certain projects at the time and they didn't really align with that email. So they didn't want to rock the boat and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're not working on that, but we can't really pull you off this project now. Mm. But later on down the line, I did end up doing that because my email was saying, I want to work in DevOps. And now today I work in DevOps. So I had that sort of career direction. I did not let my manager set it for me. I just tried to push it that way. So, yeah, take charge. Don't be silent. So you sent that email over to your managers. It just makes me think if there's more that you could have been done. Because you know sometimes you've got those people who make the most noise, make the most stink, and they seem like most of the decisions go in their way. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, is there more you could have done to make more of a noise, more of a fuss yeah. to get a decision made quicker? To that go in is your favour. That is a good point. I've had people in my career... And they've seen, they think they've seen a greener grass on the other side of the fence. Mm. And they're like, I want to go and do that. And so in order to do that, instead of like waiting your time and, you know, um, letting the work that you're doing complete and moving on to the next thing, they kick up the most fuss. The most fuss. The most. I have ne- I- I've been shocked by the amount of fuss. But I've you know what? Go, and I think up. we all know, like, all of our listeners know somebody who will complain, 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 kick up the most fast, get senior management involved, do the absolute most. Mm. But I tell you what, guess what? They make the decisions go their way, don't they? They make the decisions go their way. And it's those of us who sit back and go, oh, we'll, we'll accommodate or, oh, it's not ideally, it's not really what we want, but we'll make it work for the next few months. It's those people who get screwed. Mm my hands up because I'm one of those people but the ones who complain they just get it like I've seen it so many times I saw it so much last year um with people who would kind of put up, like complain about certain things like really like I don't know whether they exaggerate it I think they truly believe in their mind that it's like the worst thing ever but they'll just describe it in a way that, like I need to be out of this situation or I need additional help or whatever it is and they get it because they they are so persistent with it that's the word persistent Mm. and so there's no way somebody like that will ever be silenced because they'll just keep going 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 going, going. just barking barking but the thing is sometimes i think they get decisions go their way because people want them to just go away shut up just go and shut up go go over there then yeah and then i feel like that ruins your reputation well i was gonna say maybe sometimes it burns bridges I think so. To okay, I think it burns bridges, right? But at the same time, Does my experience, matter? my experience is that these people have got on just fine afterwards. But that's my experience too. 
So I mean, it's it's coming back to being selfish, isn't it? Mm. Advocating for yourself, and and also it's come like more. So what if you burn bridges? It's other companies. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think that's how some of those people think, and I think some of those people are like, my happiness is really really important. I'm not saying like my happiness isn't, but I think for them. They need to be happy all the time. The happiness is really, really important. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to go a month doing something I don't like because I need to be happy all the time at work. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah, can't put I, it into perspective. And I, Whereas and for I, me, I'm like, there's going to be projects that I do and don't like. If I'm on a project I don't like, that's just consulting. It's just a bit of an ebb. And if that project lasts six months and that's just how it is, like that's my attitude. Maybe that's not the right one to have. But I wonder what happiness means to them, because I, sometimes I feel like people, especially in the consulting world, when we're doing project work for different customers, right? You can do project work as well, not in the consulting world, but sometimes there's a rough patch. Mm. Even if you're on the same project, it could be fun, 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 fun. And then there's a rough patch. Mm. There's always hard patches. And sometimes these same people they as soon as the rough patch comes they're jumping out but then this is the thing i'm not happy but but it's, it's it's it depends on a how long the rough patch is like some of these people they want the rough patch to be for a month and then it depends on how rough is it really mm. do you know what I mean are we talking like sandpaper rough mm. or are we talking like i don't know another type of rough <laughs> I can't think of that time rough. <laughs> so next pebble time, dashing rough. Pe- pebble dashing rough, yeah. And they can take the pebble dashing rough, but they can't take the sandpaper rough. But I feel like people like me and you can take it both because our skins are thick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> our skins are thick and, you know, um, rough as well. I mean, mine's, you know, moisturized. <laughs> so, <it's really> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I feel like it's different. People can um, tolerate different things. And also, yes, I, but... and also for me, I feel like I was brought up to like, not to not complain, but I just feel like I just find complaining really annoying. If you're complaining, you're mm. not bringing solutions. You're just like, you're just wasting your energy a lot of the time. And I just, from in a work environment, I just find it really like annoying and counterproductive mm-hmm. but for those people they're happy to just keep on barking the same or singing the same tune yeah i i, I don't know and I, I do feel like sometimes it, it destroys their reputation um at least with me you know sometimes i'll be thinking <laughs> like what is this mm. i feel like um the rough parts on these projects is where you learn the most for me that's always when I have learned the most, I've excelled the most, because I dig in and we're in it for the to, we're in it to complete this. But not everyone wants to live that struggle life. It's not struggle life. Is it's it not struggle project. life? It's not. It's it's project work. That's what it is. Yeah, but when you're going for that rough patch, it's a struggle life. But it's a struggle. It's not it's, easy. It's, a, it's real projects. It's real projects. It's not struggle life. If the project started off hard, continues hard, finishes hard. Then a struggle life because it shouldn't have been that hard. No project should be that hard. But um, if there's a patch where it's hard, then you should expect a patch. Mm. Ride out, ride through the patch. Yeah. But do you not think if you don't ask, you don't get? Yeah. 
if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and these people definitely ask and they definitely get. <laughs> but if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, but that stretches out to lots of other stuff as too, right? So like pay rises and we've talked. I think we've talked about that before on episodes and stuff like that. Briefly, but I don't think we've done. Maybe that's one to have for the future: an episode on how you negotiate your pay and ask mm. for pay rises. And um, training as well. I think that's an important one, you know. If you don't ask, you don't get with training because, um, I don't know, but for my career and type of skills, you want to always keep learning and receive training from your Mm. employer on these different technologies, on the different things that you're working on. You want to be trained properly on what you've been asked to do. so So you're doing it right. You're doing it to a good level of quality. So yeah ask for training for sure and in the type of work that i do also ask for training that leads to certifications because certifications that's what's going to help your career mm. and ones that are industry recognized industry recognized there's no point doing yeah <clears throat> the company this com- made up certification there's company made up certifications yeah. there's company made up training and don't get and some of them are good like my company has loads of them as well mm. but on a CV, it's a so what. Who cares? Yeah. When when you when you apply for a job and you say, oh yeah, I've got this internal customer experience training. Okay. Or, or certification. I'm qualified in it according to the company. So that what, means absolutely cares? nothing to them. Especially if the company's small. If you're a Deloitte, EY, PwC, yeah, maybe that might hold yeah, some weight. I'm maybe. Not sure. well, maybe if it's, if it's coming it from Deloitte, coming from a big recognized. four. It's got to be like a globally or country recognized certification not yeah. some company thing like a bcs or like yeah um what's the other one like the scrum scrum alliance ones yeah yeah it's industry recognized mm. but the other stuff it's just i don't know what that is it's to bring up everybody in the company up to a certain level i guess which ultimately helps the company but not yourself personally mm. Yeah, there's definitely weight in that industry recognised qualifications. Yeah. So don't be silent about that. Um, Ask for what you want. Yeah. Mm. Qualifications, certifications, pay rises. What else? All sorts of stuff. Ask for what you want. Um, I've got another one here. Another point is um, volunteering. Did you volunteer? Or were you voluntold? Mm. Huh? I mean, you know when your boss puts you up for work and just says, oh yeah, you volunteered. Mm. You didn't volunteer for that. You were voluntold. You were voluntold. Is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to do? Is, has, has that got anything, any relevance to your career? Does that have any relevance to the day job that you signed a contract for? Mm. You, you know when you do like or side when... jobs like... Oh, can you set up an event for us so we can all have dinner on a Thursday, or or we? Oh, can you set up the Christmas party for us? Yeah, thanks. Oh, do you know what? I don't want to do You'd that. You'd be really good because you're so good at finding those different like unique restaurants. You'd be really good if you were our social coordinator and you did that on a monthly basis. <laughs> um, I don't want really too sure. Is that really? Uh, but you'd be really, really good though. I really think you'd be great for it. Mm. And then you're like. I'm in a position where it's hard for me to say no. Um, something happened the other day at work, <clears throat> not with with my client actually, they were telling me how 
their manager had voluntold them do this particular activity and they got a ping in fact they got an email to say that they say in the morning that they were going to do this and then shortly after the email got a ping to say thank you so much for volunteering yourself to do it what and he was like i didn't volunteer myself to do it you you said on a team meeting mm. with other senior people that i was going to do this without oh. asking me without... when they drop it in front of the senior people yeah. and then you're like oh no now i can't now i can't now i can't get out of it so because my manager just committed us and I'm sure many, many, many people on the listening right now will know this. Your manager has just committed you personally or the team to get something done by a particular deadline. And now you're all busting the gut to get it done. Mm. You're working like donkeys to get it done. Mm. Mm. Were you, did you volunteer or were you voluntold? Well, in that case, voluntold, but was that person silenced or were they silenced? Silenced. You think so? Yeah, definitely. Because when you're, because I've been in those positions when the man, managers or whoever has done that to me, and it literally feels like you've got no voice because you can kind of speak up and be like, why did you do that? Blah, blah. Mm. But, at the, but at the time, it doesn't matter because the deadline's already been set. So you can cuss and complain and argue as much as you like, but it has to be done in a week's time. Mm. firstly and secondly if you don't have it done in a week's time who does that look bad on mm. looks bad on your manager and you feel and you may feel bad for them but it looks bad for the team you you personally and the team because it's like well why couldn't you do it to the deadline mm. so it just never ends well so you always end up having to do it i hate managers who do that they're the absolute worst they're not good managers, people who do that i never mm. do that when i'm managing a team mm. it's you, unfair my manager now even though he's he knows he's going to put me in for a job. He still calls me and asks me. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's nice that he calls and asks me. But when we talk about volunteering for something, I'm more thinking about work items that are not to do with your direct responsibilities. Oh, okay. Um, but he calls me and asks me even when it's like to do a project job, which I'm but, employed to do. But do you not think that, that your manager should ask you that because they understand what your, all your priorities are and then also so not setting unrealistic deadlines yes but also if i feel any resentment towards doing it i'm not going to do a good job right if i yeah, feel yeah, but that's why it's a conversation when they ask yeah, you yeah yeah this which, which is a good thing why he asked me right so i like the fact that he still asked me mm. um but there are some managers that just put you in and voluntold you that you're going to be doing whatever job whether you like it or not yeah and i don't think that's a good way to be being a manager though is it's difficult it's, it's not difficult. easy you know? it's, it's not, not it's easy. not easy it's not easy and this is a thing before i was in that managerial role i'd cuss off my managers all the time like how can you not know this and this you're dread you're you don't know nothing you're the worst blah blah then i had that role and i was like shit this is hard mm. because you're dealing with people in your team who are wildly different yeah like and it's funny people i don't know it sounds silly to say but people are different mm. <laughs> But people are, when you have a team of like four or three, they're wildly different. How they work, what they will say to you in the one-to-ones, their ambitions, their objectives, how they communicate with you. 
wildly different. So when you're trying to manage people, mm. challenging. Then you're trying to manage the work, challenging. Then you're getting pressures from either your manager or from like the client, challenging. And then amongst all of this stuff, you still have to think about their objectives, their well-being, making sure that you're not you're you're, you're speak to them in the right way because mm. sometimes these people will get on your last nerves and you want to cuss them out and you have to remind yourself I mean this is regardless of whether it's like whether you're in a manager role or not just in general people at work you might want to cuss them out you have to remind yourself that you can't cuss out people at work <laughs> <laughs> I was in fact I was um last week in fact I was speaking to people in a team that I run I'm not even gonna name the team. The team that I run, I wanted to cut out certain people. They were pissing me off that day. I was having a bad day as well, admittedly. But the thing that they were saying was pissing me off, and I had mm. to just step myself back and remind myself that I could not tell these people to shut up when I'm talking to them because I've, I've say we're in like work that. and we can't and I can't talk to you like that. Mm. I've had managers say things like that to you. Not 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 necessarily to me, but also to people in the team or whatever. Just. Tom to shut up. Shut up or I get it. Because sometimes but do you know what I get it? Because sometimes you're giving you're in a team, whatever, and you've got a direction, targets you have to hit. And you, someone else in the team was given their five pence worth of information Mm. that is not relevant, that is gonna add to the workload, Mm. something that they're not gonna themselves willing to pick up. Mm. So they're giving extra suggestions and you're looking at them like, and who's gonna do that? What muggins over here? Me? Mm. she's like shut up your opinions are just not valid mm. but you can't tell people that because apparently that's wrong it is wrong it is wrong it is wrong you can't tell people that their opinions aren't valid that's not fair yeah. but it, what I'm trying to say it's just a hard balance sometimes yeah we should have an episode on this because uh, the managing part is difficult it's right? difficult it's difficult it's, but, it's but do not, not get me wrong just there because are, it's there, difficult there are ways to cope and as, ways to do it better yeah. right just because it's difficult doesn't mean that then it doesn't mean it's okay to have a bad manager that's right it's on them to improve on yeah. their style and themselves yeah let me just caveat that because i feel like i've just condoned bad behaviors i don't mean to do that no 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 uh, and, We're not and, here and, for that. And a lot of the time, when you talk about the kind of scenario that you're talking about, it's it's the manager or the person allowing um, stress or the intensity of the situation to get to them. Yeah, agreed. and that it uh, overflows. That overflows, and then people obviously they a lot of people don't feel comfortable to like admit that they did wrong because if you admit it, then now you're in hot water because you've now admitted it. And, yeah, and it's a, it's a slippery slope. But yeah, either way, um, whether you're the manager or you're not the manager, this episode today is about speaking up for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and if you if you are voluntold to do something, then try not to be silenced. Try not try to speak up about it. I think sometimes it's difficult, like in the times where they do it in front of very senior leadership, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm doing that now, without even speaking to you. That's, that's difficult but do you know this kind of comes on to another point that we had um, made a note of is to demand ways of working that works for you mm. and I think I think the way I'm going to link these two together is if your manager does do something does do something like that being able to have a conversation with them to explain that that was not okay you didn't appreciate that 
and, 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 and kind of go on from there. But that can only be done if you have that ways of working set up that includes giving feedback and being honest with the feedback that you give. Mm. And I appreciate that not all companies have a culture where that reciprocal feedback is encouraged. But for everybody listening, I would highly recommend that when you are working with somebody, especially someone like your manager, you make it really clear to them that I want us to have a two-way feedback relationship. Right. That's good. Where, you know, I can give you feedback, you can give me feedback, and also discuss how you'd like to receive that feedback as well. I, I did the same thing with my client when I joined this recent project. I said to her, I don't want to, you know, if you've got a problem with me or what I do, um, I prefer you to tell me to my face first and not go and escalate it to somebody, you know, my account lead or whatever. Like we mm. are adults and we should be able to have a conversation about this stuff. Yeah. So I would encourage everybody on the call to have that, you know, to speak to their manager like that. Because ultimately you're all adults and you need to be able to kind of have difficult conversations with people. Yeah. Um, Though I, I think... appreciate that that is hard because I have been in, in a company culture where that is not the done thing the thing with ways of working is that a, a, a huge part of it is communication mm. it's all about communicating with the manager so all this silence silence volunteer volunteer voluntold is actually more about communication than it is anything else one of the key ways to um, avoid these issues um, and having to speak up for yourself after the fact is having regular one-to-one sessions with your manager with whoever's the person that tells you what to do um you think people do that i don't think people do that i mean some people do but i don't think the majority of people do that why not do you think it's because it's not a company culture thing yeah maybe it's not a company culture and i think whether it's company culture or not you can still talk um you can still say let's have regular meetings and I guess if they reject it, then they reject it. But I think I don't know any manager that would reject that. No. I think it's a bit weird for any manager to yeah, reject that. Yeah, yeah. Even the shit ones. Yeah. So, um, and then in those sessions, regular communication to understand what's my point of view, what's your point of view. I've learned a lot about my manager through one-to-one sessions and understanding his point of view. He fully understands my point of view. We both know where we stand, right? Um whether that's on opposite sides of the wall or the same side of the wall, right? It doesn't even matter, right? Mm. Um, whether it's opposite sides or the same side, at least you know where you stand. And then when it comes to these issues like um, being given work that's not in your interests or uh, being told to do things that are not in your interests, then you've pre-had that conversation. He already knows where you stand, right? So he's not going to give you that work because he knows that's not in your interest mm. because you've already expressed that you, you've already expressed your career direction to him yeah. what, what things you want to work on um you've you already expressed how you expect the team or the project to work mm. and you've already expressed how you want to work right yeah. so whether that's working flexibly whether that's like i'm logging off at five and you're not going to see me after that whether it's like um you might see me, I might leave at three o'clock and then come back later. That's more than one conversation. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's not just like, oh, by the way, manager, uh, I leave at three. 
and then I log on at seven, I work till nine. That is not a single conversation. That is a regular cadence, keeping up every week. Oh yeah, so I left at three this week. I came back at seven. This is what I did after seven. Um, that flexible working helped because of this. Um, build that relationship because yeah. at the end of the day, you're working with people. And, that and people, people like relationship people. is important. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think you said that. You nailed it spot on. And I think for those of, for people who are early on in their career, it feels quite daunting to be like, oh, I'm going to have a weekly catch up with my manager. What are we going to talk about? Da, da, da. Mm. But I think even just to be like, you know, you, you you set an agenda before the meeting to say, okay, this is, you know, when you're in the early stages, be like, okay, these are things we want to cover. I want to talk about how can I, what can I do to push myself more? What, what do you expect to see from somebody who is a grade higher than me? What is it that you want to see? Because I tell you what ends up happening is that you've not had these one-to-one little catch-ups because what they really are is exactly what you said, to reinforce your ways of working, to build a rapport with somebody, but it's also to get regular feedback. But what ends up happening if you don't have those one-to-ones is nothing gets said, nothing gets said, nothing gets said. And then it all builds up. You don't like that manager. That manager don't like you. Your yearly reviews comes along and they're like, these are all the things you need to work on. Oh, yeah. And you're like, what? Because you haven't, as you said before, you haven't communicated, but also you haven't taken charge of your career mm. and stay, taken control or, of, of what needs to happen. Mm. You just let it happen to you. And, and I've been victim of this before. I just let things happen to me and just like go with the wind or whatever. And I've really, really regret doing that in the early stage of my career. I feel like if I had regular catch-ups with my manager, then I then we could have spoken about what do I need to do to improve? What do you need to see from me? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, there are some managers in the past that he he and I would have never been on the yeah. same. It doesn't matter how many times mm. we talk, we're not going to be on the same side of the wall. But if we did talk, there are probably some things that could have been avoided. Mm. I could have probably been silenced less. I could have been... Um, voluntold less mm. i could have um not been drowned in feedback at the end when it comes to review and oh how did you do and the review is just absolutely terrible terrible because and because he and i are on the opposite side of it if he if we had regular feedback i'm not saying the feedback won't be bad but at least you would have seen it coming because it would but have you'd... been communicated on a weekly basis and you would have said sometimes you have to be clear with your manager right they'll say to you um if you want good feedback, you have to do A, right? And sometimes you have to be clear to your manager and say, it doesn't matter what I'll do, I'm not going to do A, right? So let's let's find another way Yeah. because I'm not going to do A. And you're right there. There's two things that you said um, with the regular feedback. When you get the regular feedback, it gives you an opportunity to work on it to improve if they're saying to you you know you're you're not asking enough questions or your assignments always I don't know whatever it is you've got a chance to ask more questions for your assignments to be there on time for you to do whatever it is you need to do and secondly the point you made around oh if they give if they say you need to do b as part of your feedback and you said to your manager oh no I don't want to do b it's such a good point because just because someone's giving you feedback doesn't mean you have to take it yeah I have learned that I have had people work for me, like I have been their lead and they have told me X and X and I've just been like, 
nah. I'm just not accepting that as feedback because I just don't think that is true, mm. basically. On the flip side, I've had had feedback, like critical feedback and been like, yeah, fair. I think that was, I think that was accurate. Mm. Yeah. But then again, it's for you to have a, a, a conversation with your manager and say, you know, you've given me this feedback, but actually this is not something that I feel like I'm going to take on right now. Mm. And, and something that, I mean, I don't know if this is, this works. I've never had a, I've never had a toxic manager and use this against, like use this towards them before. But somebody has said to me, if you're working with somebody who's challenging, talk about feelings. Mm-hmm. So say to them, last week when we had this conversation you said x and it made me feel like y it made me feel not good about myself right and apparently again i've never tried it but apparently he said in his experience it changes the conversation because nobody really wants to make somebody feel bad but he said that that's that's another way to kind of get your point across uh, and another thing that somebody has said, and again, I haven't used this, is if the conversation is going, you know, some, some, sometimes these managers are trash. If you can't have a conversation with your manager and you end up yelling or shouting or, you know, the conversation is not, not productive, instead of you feeling like you need to continue the conversation, just say, I'm going to end the conversation right here. I feel like, we, you know, neither of us are in the meant you know in the headspace right now to continue having this conversation i'm going to end it right here and we can catch up later on because the conversation yeah. is not going anywhere and you're and you're both being like yeah you know what i mean it's just you're both button heads yeah yeah and i think as well when you do have these conversations it's important to be honest with yourself yeah and not allow ego or mm. your feelings to get in the way um, how hard is that it's, it can be difficult for some people, for sure. Um, but I feel like it's. I feel like that's really hard. You got. Could you have to really like be able to reflect and be like, "Rah, maybe I could have done that differently," or maybe, maybe like, yeah, what they were saying was true. Do not get your ego in the way. I think ego can come in the way a lot of times, um, but you got to try. You got to try. But the whole idea of this ways of working and making it work for you is preventing the need for you to have to speak up for yourself after the fact Mm. right and preventing you being silent or being silenced when because you've had these pre-conversations you've built a rapport even if it's a bad rapport they still know where you stand so um it will help. It will help you in whatever you're trying to do, right? Um, I'm not gonna lie. It, it's not always gonna work. You know, if you have a bad relationship with your manager, um, they could still volunteer you, and they could still silence you, and um, because they're a bad manager, you know. I I think there's more bad managers out there than there are good. To be honest, I, yeah, not, I think so. Too. I think I definitely think that. But yeah, that's the way it is, really. Any other thoughts? Just to do the ways of working with your manager and with your team. I think it's so, so important. I think it can cut out a lot of bullshit Mm. and it can cut out a lot of assumptions on how people feel or how they act. 
if you just have a conversation and act like adults. Mm. That being said, you said not all managers can act like adults. Some of them act like children. Some of your people that you work with, they act like children. But Mm. if if you have other people who are in the same kind of mindset as you and want to be better, I think that ways of working really helps. Mm. And you know what it also helps do with your manager? It can help them to be an advocate for you as well. Because if they're not close to your work and all they're telling them every week the things that you do, they can actually start advocating for you on your yeah. behalf and that can represent you better for promotions or pay rides or whatever. Oh, yeah. They've got oh, better visi- visibility of what you do yeah. and you can kind of spin the, I don't want to say spin the story because it's not necessarily saying that you're lying, but you can tell them, you can shape the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you can also, you know, sometimes, yeah, I'm not going to go there too deep, but sometimes you've got to play some mind games, mm. right? And and your one-to-ones are an opportunity to do that sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. Take that. Take take it as you will. <laughs> take it as you will. As Megan said, that seems like, what did she say in the interview? She was like, that seems like a good conclusion that you just made. If that's a, if that's a conclusion that you, if that's a conclusion that you've come to, yeah, then that seems like a fair one. Mm. I think that's what she said. Yeah. Okay. And we want to say to our listeners, um, thank you for listening to us uh, for our first season in the Ordinary Black Professionals podcast. Um, this episode is the season finale, episode 20. So we've got 20 episodes for you guys to enjoy. Um, and we will be back for season two. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram to see when we'll be back. Um, and whilst we're away, please do share this podcast with your friends and family. Um, let people know your favorite episodes. Ping us your favorite episodes. Uh, we're more than happy to hear about it and even your experiences. Yeah, definitely. And if there's any particular topic that you want us to discuss in season two, let us know. We've already got some ready and on the radar that people have messaged us. So if there's any that you're interested in, please let us know. And then finally, thank you to all our guests that have been on. Thank you to Latoya. Thank you to Temi, to Delapo, to Serena. Thank you for being part of ordinary black professionals telling us about your career stories and your journeys uh thank you for all the listeners that we've had so far we're surprised at how many listeners that we have especially in different parts of the world as well so we really appreciate you and you know this is this is why we do it for our fans (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah how has creating the podcast been 20, 20 weeks worth yeah for you if you can summarize it in a word challenging <laughs> it's not easy it's not easy no it's not easy but i feel like we've got some really good episodes we've given the people some really good information hopefully learned they've learned some stuff do you have a favorite episode um um i think is it company culture is good um, you know what? I really like um, Delapo's episode as well, and Latoya's episode is one of my favourites, and um, Imposter Syndrome. I like Imposter Syndrome as well. I think one of my favourites is probably Temi's and Serena. Okay. 
probably one of my both of my favorites so there we kind of cover everyone (laughs) (laughs) but I agree I also like the imposter syndrome one and maybe also black lives matter oh yeah it was a good one it was an early one yeah that was an early one so yeah thank you everybody and we won't be seeing you next week but we will be seeing you in season two Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. If you have any questions or dilemmas, email us on ordinaryblackprofessionals at gmail.com or we can be found on Instagram and Twitter at ordinaryblackprofessionals. Also, don't forget to follow us, subscribe and leave a rating and comment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.